Mirmani Press presents Death Donor by Matt Ward. More information on the author at mattwardwrites.com to purchase the complete audio adventure or to download the entire techno-thriller free with a free trial of Audible, visit deathdonor.com. Mike. Damn, what a party. What'd they put in those brownies? Must have been filled with laughs and giggles because everything was freaking hilarious. I'd never had such a happy dessert before and needed more. Where were they? Oh, Mr. Anderson himself. Great party, Ethan. Thanks for hosting. The billionaire raised a wine glass that reeked of cannabis. So, he was human. Enjoying yourself, Senator? Have you met Tammy Wood? He gestured to the intense blonde in navy blue and powerhouse heels at the flickering tiki bar. She walked towards us. Ah, Senator, nice to see you again. She stuck out a manicured, firm hand. I'm glad we're on good terms again, Ethan. My mother told me about the arrangement. Ethan nodded. We'll talk later. I'll leave you two to it. He disappeared into the throbbing crowd, headed for the stage. So, Mike, have you considered our conversation? She asked. Uh-oh. Talking shop? Wait a second. I raised an eyebrow. Didn't you say? DDI's dirty. I know it. Hypocritical bastards. She put on an innocent smile, which made me feel funny for some reason. So, will you help with the investigation? Will you help with my campaign? She didn't need to know I'd help her anyways. Don't say anything dumb, Mike. Wow, she was pretty. How about a profile or story every month in our Southeast Focus publications? I laughed, but wasn't sure why. A strange tickle in my tummy. Where were those brownies? Sounds good. We got down to details and set an appointment to meet their profiling team. God, I felt good. There were a few other chats as well. Senator Jordan from New York, dark horse Democrat proponent of low-cost housing, and Julie Murphy, ex-Olympic skier who'd parlayed her career into a business empire. Senator Jordan, in particular, was interesting. He had connections. Coming to New York anytime soon? The green-eyed man with the gotta-love smile asked. Several things I'd like to discuss away from prying eyes, he added. Was I moving up in the world? I almost laughed. Damn brownies. With his New York firepower and my Georgian semi-conservative morals, we could make a good team. Vice President Michael Schmidt. We agreed to meet Monday morning. My assistant would set things up. The band started. Live like you were dying. Could tonight get any better? A murder? At the Anderson estate? My omelette clattered to the floor, spilling the lab-grown mess all over the gleaming hardwoods of my kitchen. Ignoring it, I opened the story. A female reporter's face materialized. What's been dubbed the party of the decade has risen to new levels of notoriety as sources within local law enforcement tell us a woman's body, Penny Wood, founder and CEO of InStyle Group, was found this morning, dead, shot in the head. If that wasn't crazy enough, the 92-year-old appears to have been branded, a silver dollar scorched into her forehead, hands tied in a calculated act of hatred. Mr. Anderson and DDI have yet to release a statement. I cut the video before the usual stay-tuned spiel. Murder? No way. 
I talked to Penny's daughter, didn't I? Things were a little foggy. What happened? How about the times? Same story, more gory details. My gosh, who could do something like that? Coffee dinged. Finally. Hey boss, you want any? Reggie gave me a nod from the fridge. Have you seen this, the murder? I asked. The big man shook his head. Nah, what? I told him. Aw, oh, snap. He said, you're not leaving my set again, Mike. I don't care what some fancy-ass ploy-boy says. From now on, we're rubber and glue. Whatever that meant. He was right, though. That could have been me. But I couldn't think like that. Too many people fell down that shithole and never returned. Damn SSRIs. Ethan. What the fuck happened? I barked. Vlad, Boris, Jones, a pair of detectives, two emergency private eyes, and half a dozen other guards were gathered in the Amazon room, walls covered with real-time video of the lush rainforest I'd never had the chance to visit, looking at their hands. What happened? And how do we not have anything? I snapped. This many people, and no one had any answers. Vlad shook his head. Whoever they were, they were good. They're not on camera anywhere. No facial recog hits either. Audio sensors didn't even pick something up. So, an inside job. The lead detective, Jessica George, sat straighter, looking at me. Her hard face, simple attire, and experienced eyes should have given me confidence. But they hadn't found fingerprints, DNA. Nothing. Nothing new to report, Mr. Anderson, she said. As expected, the stock had taken a huge hit, dropping 4% the hour the news broke. ISG's situation was even worse. It was costing me a fortune. We have no idea who, how, or why? I asked. Silence. I closed my eyes, wishing I was anywhere else. Diving a nice wreck would do. Penny had plenty of enemies. It didn't make sense to go through a list. Anything I can do to help, I said. That would get rid of them. Detective George shook her head. We've got everything we're going to get, unfortunately. If we have further questions, we'll follow up with Vlad. And you don't have to hire outside investigators, Mr. Anderson. We've got this. With all due respect, Miss George, our stocks dropped over $35 billion since 8 a.m. this morning. Every second counts. So we'll run a separate investigation to get this over with. She didn't have anything to say. What could she? Thirty-five billion was inconceivable for grunts like her. I'd dropped three spots in the billionaire snapshot to number 17. Unacceptable. Sun Lee, who was number seven, was going to have a field day with this one. Talk about bad luck. A hit. And it definitely was a hit. At my house. Of all places. Damn it, Penny. I stood. If you need me, I'll be at my place in New York. Business to attend to. Out of sight, out of mind. That's how the media operated. The detective didn't bother trying to protest, despite telling me earlier not to leave the area. She knew where her bread was buttered and how things worked. At least we'd hit the city. It had been too long. The New York skyline was something at night. We soared over the Hudson, concrete jungle alive with bright lights, and passed a high-rise with a for-lease sign scrawled in red, contact information and rates, 
one of many foreclosed properties. Central Park materialized below us, half the park dotted with faded tents, small fires burning as outcasts cooked whatever half-edible morsels they'd found, or, more likely, stolen. The west side of the park was better, at least, a massive barbed-wire fence running the length of the wild treescape, preserving the beauty for folks who could appreciate it. The VTOL landed on the roof of 15 Central Park West, and two of my New York-based guards—what were their names again? hurried to greet us, along with the housekeeper and butler. I missed New York. Even the air smelled of promise. Jones grabbed the one suitcase I'd deemed necessary to bring, and we crossed the breezy underpass, entering the waiting elevator. "'Welcome back, Mr. Anderson,' the building said with a sexy British purr, my favorite algorithmic option. "'The ladies will be here soon.' We went down to Home Base 4, the five-story, 6,000-square-foot penthouse on the 64th floor, with two extra levels of blast-proof protection designers assured me could withstand another 9-11. My eyes went to the new fountain across from my favorite AI-derived Chagall, another new edition of subtle humor, a school of four-legged starfish. A knight-adorned medieval tapestry covered the entire northeastern corner and blocked Sir Larry Page's obnoxious apartment across the way. It was two stories higher than mine, and he was number six. Bastard. Sam. Monday morning, I got Ethan's updated itinerary. It couldn't have worked out better. A 10 a.m. brunch with Senator Zachary Jordan, the hard-nosed contender from the big city. I'd done some digging and found he was ZJ-11, a patient of HSU the same day Malia had been murdered. After the party, I'd been mulling things over. Something still burned inside me, a need for justice, or maybe revenge. In some ways, Malia had been vindicated. But in so many others, it hadn't meant a thing. Malia was gone, the bitch Penny Wood was dead, and nothing had changed. I was still alone, and the world was a cold, dark place, where every day tens of thousands sold their lives for so little. These titans weren't innocent. Whether it was Malia or some other family's suffering, HSU's self-centered clients broke the law and did terrible things. Every freaking one of them was just as guilty, and they'd all get away with it. My stomach roiled. No. No, they wouldn't. I wouldn't let them. That's what I was, my purpose. Justice. Death and taxes. They'd pay for their crimes. My fingers tingled. A picture of Ethan climbing El Cap by the walk-in fridge caught my attention. Back before the incident. I couldn't imagine him free-soloing anything these days. The fork slipped from my distracted hand and shattered the crystalline glass, water spilling everywhere. Sorry. I grabbed an embroidered napkin and mopped up the mahogany table. I needed coffee. Everything okay? Boris's hard eyes locked onto me in a worried stare, despite the wild night he and Ethan had had. These girls had been screamers. He had no idea. I'm good. Rough night, that's all. It had been easier than I'd expected. I'd got back a little after 4 a.m., Boris shrugged and stabbed another biscuit as Ethan appeared, 
none the worse for wear. Ready for a big day? He'd hit the gym and was sporting his signature gray t-shirt and jeans. He thought they made him look cool. Men. Grabbing his waiting smoothie, he licked his lips and sipped the icy brown slop. Boris said he was ready. Me too. Time was ticking. No turning back from what I'd done. Mike. I stopped in the lobby of his building off Union Square and sat on a velvety couch next to security, catching my breath. Why had he invited me here? My mind reeled, fighting to slow the chaos as I crossed Persian carpets to the Capone-style lifts, elevator taking me to my pre-assigned floor. His office was something else, floors carpeted and textured in a rich green felt, small holes and divots punched at random intervals, white flags marking various targets. Reggie stepped onto an incline as the ball rolled towards him. Heads up, a voice yelled. Reg dodged as it rode the edge of the lip and dropped into the hole. Yes! Senator Jordan strode towards us, golden putter in hand. He was a tall man, with a broad back and chest, clean-shaven face, and a smile that smelled of Hollywood and fine wines, putting anyone at ease. On a lesser man, it'd have been excessive, but on him, it fit. Mike, you made it. Switching his grip, he stuck out a tanned hand, shaking both R's with practiced sincerity. Thanks for inviting me. There was a plush feel to the place, despite the mini golf course and posters of his kids' championship moments covering the walls. He plopped at his hickory desk, an ashtray away from a pre-century ad exec. Please, take a seat. Coffee? Tea? Anything? Coffee, please. Black. A pretty staffer hurried off down a maze of hallways. So, Mike, I hear you met with Warren? So, that's what this was about. I nodded, but didn't elaborate. Think she's got a chance? His eyes twinkled. Was he milking me for the scoop? Probably, I said. She's the Speaker of the House. She has connections. What about you? What are your aspirations? He asked with genuine curiosity. Well, after you keep Rodriguez from stealing your seat. That man find a way to fix the widening gap in the state. He raised an eyebrow. Think it's doable? I hope so. I'm going to try. What else could I do? I respect that. I invited you here to discuss Warren's new bill. It should fail. It's not constitutional or legal, for that matter. Plus, you'd love her to get a big, fat black eye. But the enemy of my enemy. You know, I'm planning on running, he said. I froze. This was the moment I'd been waiting for. Vice President? He cleared his throat, the build-up killing me. Was he going to ask? So, I was wondering... Bam! His chair exploded in a ball of flame. Reggie tackled me to the floor. Alarm bells rang, my ears too. Reg yanked me to my feet, smoke billowing, and pulled me toward the door, drawing his weapon. This way, sir, he yelled in a hushed voice. Dazed, I stumbled forward. Reggie spun into the hall, gun leveled. There was no one. Let's get out of here. Was that a bomb? I turned back to Jordan, what was left of him at least, which wasn't much. 
The room was a scorched mess, walls covered in soot and soft felt carpeting sparking with flames. The desk was in pieces, scattered everywhere. It must have been built like a tank and was the sole reason we survived. Reggie shoved me into the concrete stairwell and we pounded down the echoing steps. Holy shit, holy shit! Was he really dead? Every corner, my stomach tightened. We made it to the lobby, panting. Where was the parking garage? Security materialized, fanning out. Jeez. Did he have family? Kids? My heart hammered, brain in shock. So much for the vice presidential nomination. What just happened? Ethan. Nothing beat New York in the summer. The weather was perfect, the people happy, and every manner of cuisine, art, and experience a person could hope for. Senator Jordan's tower didn't have a rooftop deck, something to do with building codes, so we took the Bugatti. I'd retrofitted it myself some years back, switching the conventional metal frame for graphene-laced lightweight bulletproofing. The glass paneling had been done as well, and I'd increased the motor for power. I'd have killed for a steering wheel as we raced through busy streets, whizzing past electric scooters and bikers, avoiding the slums as I practiced my pitch, a floating spa in the middle of the Hudson. It was bold. It was audacious. I was both, and going to make it happen. Talk about an upsell. We turned onto Madison Ave and traffic gridlocked. Someone even honked. What was going on? There appears to be a roadblock causing a delay between 51st and 52nd, the car announced. It may be faster to walk. Jones leaned out the window and opened her door. It's backed up all the way to flashing sirens. All right, I said. Let's walk. We exited the car in an exposed area and hurried to the sidewalk, Jones and Boris flanking either side. We should have brought more guys, I commented. We hustled faster through the hectic city, past Thai street food vendors and a Jewish bakery with New York's best apple pie. The senator's building loomed above us in the distance. As we neared, it became apparent the building was on lockdown. Police tape blanketed the exterior, and fire and EMT crews milled about, talking to one another, sirens blaring. Something must have happened. The guards tensed. What was going on? Both grabbed weapons as we pushed through beggars and druggies to the barricade. Officer, what is this? I asked. She must not have recognized me because she didn't let us pass. A bomb, the dits replied. Somebody killed the senator. Holy shit. My jaw dropped. What? The pudgy broad nodded. Looks like a hit. We would have been there five minutes later. My pulse quickened. Was I the target? Doubtful, the timing was off. Drones buzzed toward the building, CNN and Google News jostling to break the story. To our right, a news van skidded to a stop, lining up a shot. Fox. Let's see if we can set a meeting with the mayor, I said to Jones, who was watching the reporter. This just in. The black newscaster gestured to the building. Sources are saying New York State Senator Zachary Jordan was just assassinated, a bomb in his office. A finger to her ear. Wait. We're confirming a silver dollar was found taped to the bottom of the senator's desk. What? 
Not again. Were they about to dredge that up? The stock would take another hit. Here come the Penny Wood profiles. I'd call Garrett, do damage control. When she finished, I strode over. Are you saying what I think you're saying? If you mean the vigilantes struck again, yes. Shit. I grilled her on the details, but there wasn't much to her story yet. If it bleeds, it leads. Details and truth be damned. Time to make the call. Hey, Emma, I said as soon as we connected. I need you to run a patient search for me. Tell me Senator Zach Jordan was never a client of ours. What do you mean? Why would... I don't have time to explain. Just do it. Couldn't people follow simple orders? Yes, sir, she said. I turned to Jones and signaled to move out. Let me know once you hear something. The Bugatti pulled up and we hopped in. Time to call an audible. Sam. It had been so easy. For an ultra-secure office building home to a senator and numerous Fortune 50, a few distortion moles and a stolen Whole Foods delivery uniform had been all it took to gain access. I could even choose which floor to ride to. I hadn't been IED in the force, but we'd handled enough explosives. Plenty of DIYs online. A quick trip to Amazon Home and Garden for urea, cotton balls from 7-Eleven, and Home Depot, one of the last places still selling diesel, and I was set. The detonator hadn't been hard either, a Mickey Mouse I Love New York wristwatch with a little wiring. The senator had the weirdest office, real golf nut. To each their own, especially if you could afford it. The newscaster touched her ear and turned to look at me, eyes narrowing. I froze, heart pounding. Shit, had they found something? She tapped her ear again and started talking. Phew. A lifeless numb enveloped me. I was clear. And another goon down. Yet what did it matter? Four more on my list. And once that was finished? A question for another day. We hopped in the car. A quiet trip back to the penthouse. No one said anything. I avoided eye contact. It wasn't hard. The city was breathtaking every time. I ran through the list once more, visualizing each. Sanvi Bhatti, Bao Wang, Aisha Hajar, Megan Larson. Megan Larson was the obvious next target, or maybe Sanvi, whose company had a second headquarters in Atlanta. I'd scout both. Sanvi's story had been all over the tabloids, a slum escapee who'd founded India's largest e-commerce player, Easy Rupee, two decades earlier, driving force behind the world's fourth-largest GDP. And Megan Larson, corporate lobbyist, the dirty underbelly of our perverted democracy. She deserved a painful death. I'd focus on her unless something presented itself. We didn't meet Mayor Richmond that day, or the following. Ethan was furious. Who does he think he is? In the end, New York was awash, at least for DDI. Couldn't say the same for Senator Jordan. You have been listening to Death Donor by Matt Ward. For more information, to purchase the complete audio adventure, or to download the entire techno-thriller free with a free trial of Audible, visit deathdonor.com. <laughs>